Welcome to the How to Stop Being Broke podcast, where the mission is to change your mindset about how you manage your finances so you can build a financial future that you can be proud of. My name is Bella Jones and I am your host. So relax, sit back, and let's jump into today's conversation. Hey, 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 so we are back for another episode. And in today's episode, I do want to discuss how do you define a good job and or a good salary? Now, this episode is inspired by some conversations that I've had recently with one of my business coaches, as well as some other people in my inner circle. So one thing I can say growing up, no one ever really sat me down and talked about money or careers in a way that gave me any real context with how to define these things. So as a kid, I kind of had to come up with my own definition based on the things that I saw the adults around me doing and or hearing them say. So based upon what I saw, here is how I defined a good job. So one that paid a pension, they offered really good medical benefits. So I understood you did not want to pay a lot of money each month, but you also did not want to have to pay a lot of money when you did have to go and see a doctor. So that's how I had defined good medical benefits. A good job was one that offered you a nice allotment for vacation time and sick time, even though I felt people had to jump through hoops to take the vacation that they earned, but we'll talk more about that later on in the episode. And also a good job was one that offered overtime. So you had a way to make more money by working more hours. Now, in regards to defining a good salary, and actually I can't even say I knew the word salary back then, I guess it was really more so a good hourly wage, meaning you got paid X amount of dollars per hour. I did not learn about salaries until I actually got into corporate. So a good hourly wage was one that was well above the minimum wage. So that's how I defined you know, a good income. Now, unless you are exposed to other options, most people will look at what the people around them are doing as a starting point to consider what career field they may want to go into. So I know for myself, I saw people who worked for the city, for the state or federal government. I also had people who were in the military. I also had people who worked for healthcare, whether they were nurses or doctors or people who had trades that were part of a union. Now I can unequivocally say none of these career options appealed to me and for a few reasons. It definitely seemed like everyone in the earlier years of my childhood, they were just getting by. They had to work overtime a lot in order to make ends meet and working overtime sometimes meant they could not attend family functions or their regular shift required them to work every weekend or some weekends. And so again, they could not attend 
family function. Now, why were family functions important? So as someone whose parents are from Guyana, which is a country in South America, we love to get together and have a good time as a family. And so as a kid, I really looked forward to family functions and seeing my other relatives. So when I would hear that aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so could not come because they had to work, they could not get the day off, that also meant I would not see some of my cousins. So that would make me a little sad. And then of course, being a kid who did not understand how the adult world work, I could not understand why didn't they just take the day off. Now, of course, as I got older, I realized that you could in fact request to have that day or weekend off, but that request was not always approved. And sometimes my relatives would have to swap days off with someone else so they could attend the function, but it just seemed so unfair to work so much and then not be able to use the vacation days that you had available to you. So that's a concept I never understood. And so that's also one thing that influenced my decisions when I did decide on a career. I knew I did not want to work in a career or for an employer that would give me such a hard time to use my days off. So we'll talk more about that in the episode. Now, of course, as I got older, I could tell that most of my relatives started to do better financially. We saw more people were purchasing homes, they were taking nicer and nicer vacations, and everyone's lives, for the most part, you could see was improving. But the one thing I could say, no one really talked about what they were doing to improve their circumstances. Now, I was a kid, so of course they weren't having these conversations directly with me, but as we all know, kids hear what the adults are talking about, and I never heard the adults talk about things like money and credit and career. Everyone was very hush-hush about the things they were doing for a living, not in a negative way. Like if you were a cop, we knew you were a cop. If you were a teacher, we knew you were a teacher. But some of my other relatives, they had other career fields and you could tell they were doing well, but they never really talked about what they did and how they made money, if that makes sense. So just little things like that, I definitely noticed growing up and I wish people had been more transparent So growing into high school and college, I would have had a little bit more exposure to what other options I would have had available to me as I was moving into adulthood. Besides my guidance counselors in high school, I did not really have anyone I could really talk to to help me explore other career options. I did know the things that I did not want to do but it was hard to figure out what else I could do. So for example, I knew I did not want to go into healthcare in any capacity. I knew that I did not want to be a teacher. Now shout out to all of my teachers out there, but raising kids who are yours is hard enough, let alone trying to teach and manage 
other people's kids just wasn't something I wanted to do. And then law, going into law, being a lawyer, police officer, definitely was not my cup of tea. So I had to sit down and think about, well, what are my strong suits? And so math was a subject that I was exceptionally smart in. I always did well in math. So I knew I should consider a career that helped me leverage my strong math skill, which is how I landed in finance. So finance, I knew I could do well because I was good at math. I had strong analytical skills and it was something new. And so being that it was a new career field, while it was exciting, there was no guidance for me. I did not have anyone I could ask questions to. So here I was going into this career field by first going into college and picking this degree and then starting a career without any context of how to succeed going into finance. So for example, where do you look for jobs once you get this fancy degree? What is a good starting salary? I had no idea besides the information I saw in books and on the internet, but having an actual person in this industry would have definitely been a lot more helpful. And then also going into corporate, what benefits should I be looking for? Again, did not have anyone that I could ask these questions to. Now, of course, I could have been more proactive in looking for mentorship and guidance, but again, when I was in undergrad, I had many things to juggle all at the same time. If you're new to my story, I had both of my children by the time I was 19 years old. I got married to my high school sweetheart when I was 18 years old. So here I am a young mom, young wife. We were a military family while going to school full time. There were so many things that I had to juggle all at the same time. So looking for mentorship and guidance wasn't the first priority for me in my life. So now when I did get my first corporate job, I of course made it my number one priority to network and to learn as much as I could, not only from my direct manager, but from my coworkers as a collective. Now, in case you were not aware, I did land my very first finance job at Motorola as a financial analyst. My starting salary was $50,000. And of course I had medical, vacation benefits, et cetera, but I really had no context to know whether or not this employment package that I received was good or not. To me, $50,000 at the time was a really good starting salary. The medical benefits, they seemed to be good. I did not have anything to compare it to, so I took it at face value that it was a good medical package. But I did know I had great vacation time. That I did know after talking to other people around me. Now, looking back after being in finance for 17 years, my starting package at that time was a fantastic package. But I will say now with 17 years of experience under my belt, working in a finance career, I definitely do define a good job and salary much different 
compared to the definitions that I created from childhood. And I want to talk about that next. So for me, I definitely will say a good salary is one that is well above the market average. Now, the reason why I am expecting above market average is because the skill sets that I have accumulated over the last 17 plus years are very niche, very specialized, and I'm also a very well diversified person. So I definitely do expect a above market salary. The next thing I will say that helps me define a good job or a good role is one that allows me to have a lot of flexibility. Now, at the time that I am recording this episode, we have been in the COVID-19 pandemic for approximately two and a half years. So coming into the pandemic, being able to work from home became a huge deal because many of us had to quarantine and we still needed to complete our jobs. So if working from home was not something you had as an option, it now became a necessity so your employer could keep their business running while you could also continue making an income. Now, I will say that I have been so blessed that during my 17 plus years of working in finance, I've always had the option to work from home. When the weather was bad, whether it was snowstorms, really bad rain, I would just work from home. If one of my kids were sick and had to stay home from school, I would again, work from home. If I had a appointment for the doctor or to see a specialist that was at a very weird hour during the business day, I would work from home, go to the appointment, come back home and continue my work day. And so having that flexibility was something that I guess I took for granted, but it really came to light during the pandemic how many people never had that kind of flexibility. So again, a good role for me is one that definitely and absolutely has to offer that flexibility, especially when my kids were much younger and they had so many things going on between sports and appointments and just kids being kids. We moms or we parents, I think, need that flexibility so you can still meet the demands of your family while not putting your job and career at risk. And I still do define a good career or a great company to work for is one that does offer great medical benefits, great vacation time, plus other miscellaneous perks and benefits, and also a company that offers a very diverse workforce and has a more liberal and open-minded culture. As a black woman who has worked in finance, I have always found that the spaces that I've been in have been predominantly white and many times mostly male. And working in those environments, you do deal with certain microaggressions, you do feel some racism, not from everyone, but there is that underlying tone with certain individuals that makes it uncomfortable being at work. I will have to say throughout most of my career, my immediate uh, coworker circle between my manager and the people on my teams that I worked with or worked for were always really good. 
I cannot say I've had any really bad experiences that come front of mind, but I do know there have been times where people have made statements, I have felt uncomfortable and have had to address them. But overall, I have had a pretty good experience working in corporate. Now, even though I have not had too many bad experiences while working in corporate, I will have to say that it is still exhausting and really sad to see the lack of diversity as you move further and further up into your career. So that is why it's really important for myself and for many of us who are black and brown people to have a company that embraces DEI, which stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and which is also why people do look for that when they are looking for their next role. Now, as I have gone through today's episode, you may relate to all or even part of the things that I have shared. And I'm sure you might be wondering, well, Bella, okay, why are we having this conversation today? I promise there is a reason. When we think about building wealth and getting financially stable, we need money to do that. We need to make enough money to not only cover our monthly expenses, we need to have disposable or extra income to do the other things required to build wealth. So things such as investing, savings, and paying down debt. Now, if you are in a place where you are passionate about what you do and you're getting paid well, fantastic. But I know for sure there is someone listening to this episode who is working in a career field or at an employer based on someone else's definition of a good job and a good salary. And you are literally limiting how much money you can make by doing this. You may have chosen a degree or degrees. You may have chosen an employer or a career path based upon your parents' definition, your aunt's and uncle's definition of what a good job and what a good salary looks like, even if you're not making enough money to cover your own monthly expenses. And so if this is you, I want to give you some words of encouragement to break out of that vicious cycle and be willing to move out of your comfort zone to figure out what other options you can explore so you don't feel pigeonholed into whatever career um, or field you're in right now based on other people's definition of what success should look like for you. And at the time that I am recording this episode, we have been in this COVID-19 pandemic for almost two and a half years. And in the last two and a half years, we have all learned so many lessons. And one of the lessons that has definitely stuck out to me personally, life is short, life is fleeting, and it's so important to make the best use of the time that we have while we are here on this earth, breathing and living. So if you do not like where you work, if you do not like the career that you are in, it is time to take a chance on yourself. 
It doesn't matter that you've worked at this employer for X amount of years. It doesn't matter that you've been in this career field for X amount of years. That does not mean you cannot try something else. Now, am I saying to leave your employer today and quit your full-time job today? You could, but I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is be willing and open-minded to trying something else. It could be something as starting a new side hustle based on a hobby that you truly enjoy. It could mean starting a business. It could mean starting a podcast. It could mean whatever you want it to be. You can change and try a totally different career field, but you have to be willing to give yourself that chance to try. Too many of us are afraid to bet on ourselves. We are worried about rejection. We're worried about the opinions of others. And we're also worried about not having all the answers. Now you don't need to have all the answers to start. Do you need to learn as you go? Absolutely. You might need to take a course, hire a coach, go back to school, get a certificate. There are things you are going to need to learn and you can absolutely do that. But do not use that as an excuse to not start. You want to fail fast and fail forward. If you can work on this thing every single day, you'll be amazed at how much progress you can make in six months, in 12 months. But you have to give yourself the chance to just start and to try. Now, before you decide what your path is going to be and what your next step is going to be, the first thing you should do is sit down and decide how do you define success and what does that look like? Because again, many of us are living a life based upon someone else's definition of success. I don't care what your parents have said in the past. I don't care what your colleagues are saying now and in the future. I want you to sit down with yourself and say, what does success look like for me? What does happiness look like for me? And once you have clarity on that piece, it'll make it a lot easier to figure out what your path should be as well as what your next steps should be. It is so important to bet on yourself and trust yourself to figure out what your new path might be. But again, it all starts and ends with you. Now I am going to put a link to an amazing book that my business coach recently had us listen to. It is called The Mountain Is You. This book definitely is a read that you will love if you are someone who truly resonated with today's episode. So I will put my affiliate link down below in the show notes to that book. And once you've listened to it or read it, please send me a DM on Instagram and let me know your thoughts because that book, so inspiring, has definitely helped me change my mindset in regards to my own path as I venture further and further into entrepreneurship. So that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for stopping by and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Stop Being Broke podcast. 
Now, if you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to future conversations like the one we had today, make sure to subscribe because it is time for you to stop being broke and create a financial future you can be proud of.